Hey everybody, welcome to Small Business Chronicles. This has quickly become your Swiss army knife for business and business development. You've decided as an entrepreneur that you've uh, gonna strap uh, this entrepreneurial spirit onto your back and climb that mountain onto success. But we all know as much as mountains look like they go straight up, they don't. Um, so I try to bring on people on the show that can help you with that journey, whether it's practical, like accounting, tax tips, tax purposes, whether it's an emotional uh, quotient and trying to figure out uh, how your rage fits factor in with why your employees quit. Uh, all the things that you ever want to know, I want this show to encapsulate. And then... Um, so that brings me to my guest, uh, Alan Lazarus of Next Level University. It's a, a I'm going to say young man, but he's not that much younger than me. Uh, we spoke about that before of Next Level University and personal development is is what he focuses in and what Next Level University focuses in. Uh, welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. I am so grateful to be here. I also appreciate that you wanted to connect prior to the interview. So I think that will oh, make absolutely. for an even better episode. Absolutely. One of the things, podcast a little behind the scenes. Let's take a second for a little behind the scenes here. If you're a podcast host and you're watching this and you only talk to your guests about three to four, three 30 seconds to two minutes before you're not going to have that great of a show. This is not about uh, podcast is about watching two people connect and gaining information from that. And mm -hmm. I feel it is greatly important. I'm just kind of trying to stomp out something out there that if you're doing a podcast for the love, just connect with your guests a little bit. It, it makes a world of difference of what shows up on screen. I could not agree more. I, I don't think that you can have a powerful show of authenticity and vulnerability and humility without connecting with your guest first. I mean, sometimes it's lights, camera, action, let's rock. And they, yeah. I can tell they didn't do any research and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I listened to your show prior to coming on, uh, not a ton of it, but enough of it to where I'm coming in informed. And uh, I'm certain I'm going to get your name right because I asked you in advance, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. So we're going to be fine. Uh, yes. Uh, absolutely. So one of the things that we did talk about in the pre-interview, and let's just jump right into that personal development train. Uh, one of the things, this show, I want it to be about you, but any, any one of the followers know that I've shared some of mine, uh, uh, personal development being such an important factor in becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, can, can you elaborate since you've done the deep dive, why personal development is so important in well, entrepreneurship? So, uh, thank you. Thank you. So I, uh, my very first company was back in 2012. We had a little company called Campus Libre. It was a campus-specific Craigslist for textbooks. We won a bunch of business awards on campus, and we had 3,400 unique users in the first day. And uh, I had a falling out with the CEO. I was the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, at the time. And I think it's interesting because I was in my late teens, early 20s, probably 21 maybe. And I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I did know how to get people to our website and we added value. And I remember that was one of the toughest calls I've ever had. And it was like four hours with a man named Pat. He was the CEO at the time and I was crying. And it was one of those moments of, I poured my heart and soul into this and it felt like the most crushing thing ever because we had such big plans. We were going to spread in the Worcester area, greater Worcester area, the, the East coast of Massachusetts. And then we were going to go, you know, all the way to the West coast. And we were going to, we were competing with a company called U loop at the time. And I thought it was going to be a big sort of Zuckerberg style thing. And in hindsight, you know, 
we were at a tech school and we were all engineers. We had an amazing little team. And so to answer your question about personal development, the, the truth of the matter is, is I'm 35 years old now. And when I look back at my past, I was extremely intelligent academically. I got straight A's in high school. I was always math and science oriented. Mm-hmm. I'm an electrical and computer engineer from one of the top tech schools in the world, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's like a mini MIT. I've got my master's in business and I always wanted to be the CEO of a tech company like my hero, Steve Jobs. And while all of that is awesome and achievement was always a focus for me and goals was always a focus for me, what I do realize in hindsight, as as hard as this is to share, is I was emotionally immature. And I think, quite frankly, a lot of men are. Um, I, I now coach a ton of women and, and they're holistic and they're empowered and they're incredible. And and I'm, I'm not going to do any man versus woman anything because I don't want to get into that. But what I will say is that, that I was an, an emotionally immature man who didn't realize that. And I didn't really have any role models on the EQ side. And while I was professionally well-developed and very polished and worked for many companies in corporate like Cognex and Sensata Technologies, which is the old Texas Instruments and iRobot and all that, and that is cool and that's awesome and I take nothing from that. But at the end of the day, I was professionally developed, but I wasn't personally developed. And uh, go, uh, real no, quick, no, you I, go right ahead. I was, no. I was focused on external achievement sometimes at the expense of my internal core values and character. After 26, I told you briefly in the preamble about this, I got in a tough car accident and my father, my birth father had passed away in a car accident when he was 28. I was 26 at the time and and the, the car was completely totaled. And while I was physically okay, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I was very much not. And I just decided after that, I, I saw Tony Robbins' TED Talk uh, still, in my opinion, regardless of what you think of Tony, best TED Talk ever done, in my opinion. And it exposed me to personal development. And to me, it was like, oh my God, if I work on me and achievement is a byproduct of that, that's a much better inside out versus the outside in. And and now in, I'm 35 and I realize that it's it's both. You got to achieve outside and that forces you to grow within and then you grow within and you achieve more outside. And it's this sort of cyclical loop. It's very cyclical because you'll get to a place, you'll feel comfortable, you'll feel good, you'll feel accomplished, and then something will happen internally or externally, both, about 50-50, and all of a sudden you'll go through a breakup, somebody will pass away, you'll make an achievement, you'll lose your job, a car accident, uh, whatever that might be, you you run out of cheese it whatever, whatever affects you emotionally will force you into moving a different direction. You say running and out of Cheez-Its? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the that, toughest one. <laughs> it really is. It, it really is. Um, your comedy days coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I it, love it. It, it always. Work. It's yeah. Uh oh, but but yeah, that that emotional development it it, it is is huge cuz I was the same way except, you know, you you kind of figured it out early. I was I was 36. Um, and still just banging through life before I figured it out. And in the last nine or last about nine years, you know, really focused on development and growing and being better and, and, and being whatever. So I want to back up a little bit because you said something about emotionally immature men, which I think it's, and I'm not doing boy versus girl either. Don't want that hate mail again. Uh, so what, uh, we know which roads to go down on these shows. Um, but you're funny, man, but, but one of the things that I think is true 
that I've always heard is men always emotionally develop slower than women do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we take the hard lessons to do that. And it, it's, it, it, it's bad for us and it's bad as an image for guys in general. But my, my question is this, is if you are like, am I an emotionally immature male? Now we all know kicking, screaming, crying, um, getting mad about things, trying to use brute force. Th- those are all signs of being uh, not emotionally up to where you should be. What are some of the more subtle signs of not being as emotionally uh, developed as you should as a dude? Uh, number one is lying to oneself. Avoiding uncomfortable truths. And and the other one that's a big sign, and I didn't realize this recently until like this past year, uh, fake vulnerability. There's this, we all kind of intuitively know when someone's full of shit. Right. And, and I honestly think all of us are to some extent. Of course. Right? But I think I'm less full of it than I used to be. And not as less full of it as I'm gonna be. And 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 the goal for me is be honest with myself. I have these this digital asset that I call the three truths. And and mm-hmm. the primary truth is what's really going on. The secondary truth is what you want to believe is going on. And then the tertiary truth, which is the mask you put on for the world, is what you want others to believe. So so picture mm-hmm. this target, kind of like target the the company. The outer ring is what you want others to believe about you. The next inner ring is what you want to believe about you. And then the inner, inner, inner ring is what is accurate, what is true about you, what is real. And what I've realized is how, how big those rings are, how, how, how big the contrast is between ring three and ring one is the size of mm-hmm. someone's ego. Of course. And intuitively we know. I know that sounds overly simplistic, but intuitively when you, when you get done with an interaction with someone and you've been with someone who is lying to themselves and very, very uh, elusive and deceptive with you, you feel icky. Yeah. And you You feel like, yeah, you get that ick. And that's, that's the tell your intuition knows you just have to trust it, even though there's nothing you can point to. Right. It, it, I, I think that's one of the things that in business we lose a lot of is that feeling, right? Business can be very numbers, can be very plasticky, can be very uh, by the book, by the HR standards, by the whatever. But but it, when when you're navigating that personal development, that feeling is what you have to navigate by. Because when you talk to somebody, like you said, and they're full of shit, they're telling you uh, stories and they're telling you this, or t- they might be fun to have a drink with. They might be fun to, to, to talk to, but, but man, you can just tell they're not the person that you want to do business with or let in on your personal life. hundred percent. And, and those don't let the Trojan horse into the castle. What, what looks like a gift is actually detrimental. And mm-hmm. I would say that I, I was reading this recently. There's an emotional intelligence books that book that my girlfriend's reading. I, I forget. I think it's called emotional intelligence. I don't know the author, but she sent me a screenshot and sent it to me. And I actually talked to a client about it earlier today. It's called covert emotional manipulation. And so what people do covert emotional manipulation, you can look it up. It, what people do is they, they will do something to trigger what's referred to as an exile, which is a part of you. That's a deep wound. So if I was trying to manipulate you, I would 
unconsciously trigger your exile, which then you either go docile or you overreact. And mm-hmm. now I'm in control of the situation. And so step one is trigger an emotional exile. Step two is present a desired outcome that I want, not that you want. And so to me, the difference between covert emotional manipulation and leadership is leadership is uncovering truth to empower Mm -hmm. with positive impact and positive intent. I believe that manipulation is nothing short of just being deceptive and deceitful. So one of them is uncovering truth to empower people like Santa Claus isn't real. Listen, I know it sucks, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And the other one is actually what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. I'm so sorry if I've offended you. Um, But yeah, Santa Claus is not real. (laughs) Yeah. Now you're emotionally triggered. Now I can manipulate you. Right. So, and the reason I'm sharing this is because people are unconsciously doing this with us and we don't even know it especially if we had abusive childhoods where mm-hmm. this was just the norm. Yeah. And, and so the analogy there, I'll go quick with this, but if, if you and I spent our childhood in an area where there was level eight or nine earthquakes every other day, yeah. what are the chances you and I are even going to notice when there's a two or a three on the Richter scale? No. Exactly. You, you believe chaos is just the normal. Yep. And, and so you might be mi- being mistreated and you have been disrespected and manipulated and you might not even know it because you don't know any different. And that is something that I've not only realized about me, but my clients, I am basically just trying to unhoodwink them for lack of better phrasing. My goal is to help you think accurately about yourself, accurately about human beings, the good and the bad and accurate about the world and how it works and why it works that way. And if you can think accurately about self, about others, and about the world in terms of how it works and why it works that way, you can make unbelievable decisions, and you are so empowered. Uh, absolutely. I want to back up to a couple points you made. One, absolutely about the earthquake thing. You, you could absolutely be getting hoodwinked and all that stuff and not know it, but you could also be the aggressor and not know it. Yeah. Uh, that That is where my life took me, is I wasn't the one getting... Getting, I was the one that was that was not a great person that that learned to be manipulative by those things. And once I started figuring that out about myself, I started realizing like like that. Am I the bad guy? Yes, yes, I was the bad guy, and I had to figure out how to not be the bad guy. I had to figure out that that manipulation and and you're right that there's very few differences now now one place that i'll disagree with you a little bit on is words like manipulation consequence stuff like that i thousand percent believe all those words are neutral that as a as a boss as a leader you Uh manipulate things positively and that as the consequence of my action i ran out of cheese it's so i won't get fat today but the the other consequence of my action is i ate seven boxes so i'm going to uh, consequence is just a v- consequence of manipulation is a very both are just very level words depending on the context because i believe as a leader that that i've grown into and done i'm manipulating my employees for an outcome but if i manipulate them like you said in in a bad way if i'm trying to trick them or if i'm trying to make them do things they don't want to do or make them feel bad about their jobs that's bad but if i manipulate them in a loving way of making sure that they understand that i'm here for them and that there's consequences and re, uh and, and rewards for what they do i i'm there for them to do whatever and i manipulate it that way those words to me are just a, as effectual and neutral either way. Well, I think that 
the the difference between manipulation and positive impact. I think you're just using the same word for a different thing, most likely. But I think that, most people fair. associate manipulation with a negative. Um, of course. And yeah. so, so I think leadership to me is using truth to uncover and empower. I, this is that's kind of one of the things that I've come to realize is we all have unintentionally manipulated at times when we were scarce and we didn't believe in ourselves and we didn't believe in our own ability to have a positive impact. And uh-huh. I think self-efficacy in the psychology is when self-efficacy goes up, the need to manipulate goes down. And so the more capable you become and conscious you become and more articulate you become and more intelligent you become and more effective you become, you don't need to manipulate. I mean, this is a an analogy that I, I use often, which is there's a reason why Hitler was burning books. It's because he didn't want anyone to be intelligent because he could control unintelligent people. And so at the end of the day, one of them is control. The other one is more of like an empowerment. And at the end of the day, it comes down to, is it a win-win, right? Is it a win-win or is it someone else taking an L because you're getting a W? And unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of both in the world. And sometimes it's hard to, to it's a blurry line to, to figure out sometimes. But I think yeah. we can all feel one versus the other. I think that's the interesting thing. Our intuition I, I think can so. feel the difference. Yeah. I, I think we can definitely feel that positivity and that negativity that resound with, is this guy trying to screw me over? This guy really cares about me and want, and is given me love and guidance because they want me to succeed. This person's given me love and guidance because they want my money or, or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so I think we can always feel that out if we're honest with ourselves, if we've become self-aware enough. I, I think that's the big caveat there because if you don't become self-aware, you won't see these things. Sorry, my my internet I think is going in and out. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I might have to cut that out in post production. The my internet is having some challenges. We're being shipped a new router. <laughs> by oh, the way, nice. yeah, our our spectrum. Uh, we contacted them yesterday, but so that might continue to happen. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, I guess where where should we go next? Oh, uh, uh, we we were just we were discussing about um. Uh, becoming self-aware makes you able to feel that feeling, uh, makes you able to feel being, uh, being, know if you're being manipulated or if you're being influenced in a positive manner. Um, cause, cause my big thing was once I become started becoming social self-aware, that was the triggering thing in, in a positive way. That was the triggering thing that cascaded down of, I need to change my behavior. I need to do this. I need to do that. And the more I became self-aware. And self-aware is not for the weak. But the more I became self-aware, the more I realized there was more things I need to change. And I don't know that I'll ever be done becoming self-aware. I knew, I learned new things about me every day. I learned new things about all that. But that, I feel that that is the cornerstone in that personal development because that allows you to know what to change and how to move forward. Yeah, self-awareness is something that, I mean, little girls were, are taught to have journals and diaries. And maybe that's true for, for some cultures with men, but I think it's sad and unfortunate that, you know, now we journal probably, I'm assuming you do journaling and, you know, I do journaling and yeah, you're on I it. didn't start, I didn't start journaling until I was 26 years old. What'd you say? I, yeah. You're on my journal. This is how I oh. do it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But that's exactly it, right? It's, it's that whole, we wonder why we're not as self-aware is, is, because we're not taught to self-reflect and to look at our behavior and to look at our actions. And, 
and understand the motives underneath those of why am I doing what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. And, and ultimately what I've found is the, the less someone believes in themselves, the more they feel the need to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unfortunately we weren't taught how to build self-belief. No, you know, it, you've got, in fact, the ahead. opposite. I, I think it's the opposite. We're taught over and over again that we're not, it be, because when you start talking about, and I want you to address this and then I'll, I'll get you out of here. I know you have a time crunch. Um, we're, we're taught that uh, all this self-focus on the inside could be considered narcissistic, could be considered selfish, could be considered, um, uh, you know, you're only thinking about yourself. You only care about yourself. You're only whatever. How do you address anybody with those concerns with all this self-development? Cause you kind of breach those lines sometimes. Yeah. I appreciate the question. It, you know, it's so fascinating to me how, someone could consider going to the gym selfish or someone could consider reading a personal development book selfish or someone could consider listening to a podcast selfish when in reality the people that are that are saying that are most likely the most selfish and and what i often address my listeners with is what if what's best for you is what's best for the world you know it's that that ancient sort of philosophy of if we all sweep our own porch the whole world will be clean and at the end of the day you know i grew up in a, in a neighborhood in an environment where there was a lot of really nihilistic unhappy people with a lot of alcohol and drugs and all kind of stuff and at the end of the day i looked around and people would say these are the best years of your life and i would say god i hope not <laughs> you know, right. when I was in high school, they would say, these are the best years of your life. You've got the world by the, by the B, right? And it's like, listen, no, I, I don't know what you had, did in high school, but there's no way this is it. This is awful. No offense, but this isn't good. Like, and my life's only gotten better and better and better. And now I realize, I didn't know this back then, but I kind of intuitively did. And now it's like, listen, when you were 35, you were letting it go. You weren't working on yourself. You weren't doing self-improvement. You weren't self-reflecting. I saw no journaling. I mean, where I grew up, there wasn't a personal development book in within 50 miles. I mean, it was just no personal development, which I think is why I overcorrected so heavily. <laughs> By the way, when I found personal development, I was like, right. oh my God, I need it all, right? Um, and at the end of the day, that's what I would pose to to your listeners as well, which is on what planet is me working on me bad for others? It's just not logical and most likely the people that are that are kind of calling you a narcissist most likely they actually are the narcissists it's this weird paradox where when i ask someone how self-aware they are the person who's not self-aware at all says 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. and then i have one person i run a book club every week and there's one person in book club I'm, she's also a client and she's like yeah i'm so narcissistical and i'm like listen narcissists don't say that you're not yeah. and i know she's not but she's been conditioned and taught to think that she is when in reality she's got the biggest heart and she's trying to do good in the world every day and and to me that's it you know to answer your original question you have to know intuitively whether or not you are or are not doing all you can with all you have there are some people who are given very little who do so much with it and there's some people that are given a lot and they do nothing with it and it's nothing short of not okay and, and I just, I had a drug problem. I, 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 I've done drugs. I, I had an alcohol problem. It took me five years to quit drinking. I'm now coming up on five years sober, but here's the difference. I only ever really hurt myself. Sometimes I hurt the people I love unintentionally 
as a byproduct. So maybe you're out there and you're struggling. Maybe you're out there and you you feel like you're a net negative. You can turn that around. You can turn that around and you can become such a net positive. And the way you do that is by working on yourself. And yes, when you do, you will be a mirror for everyone who's not. And that's just the way it works. And I think that all good in this world will always be attacked. But that does not mean that you can't keep ascending and keep climbing to the mountain analogy that you used at the beginning. I think the mountain analogy is a great thing. The moment you hit that next peak, you realize there's an even bigger one. Um, And I think we're all climbing our own proverbial Mount Everest. And the people who are climbing higher and higher and higher are going to be, you know, inspiring to some and, and attacked by others. Absolutely. It's a, it's a hard thing to navigate. It's all hard to navigate, but as you, as you become more self-aware and as you work on that personal development, you, at least you can navigate it better. And I, I agree with you. I think it's like that pull on gravity. The better you become, the better the people around you become and the better, uh, your relationships become, the better your, your companies become, the better if you're, if you're at a job, the better your job performance becomes, your friendship becomes the better person that you can become, the better things that you get surrounded rounded with. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by the show. I'd love to have you back sometime. It was an amazing conversation. I think we just barely scratched the surface. Uh, once again, it's Alan Lazarus from Next Level University. Uh, thank you so much. And and uh, Next Level University, what is the URL for that? Uh, nextleveluniverse.com. The okay. nextleveluniversity.com was taken and the guy wants way too much money for it. Uh, yeah we we run into that a few times doing business or whatever so it's nextleveluniverse.com spelled just like it sounds and what can they find on that website what what sort of stuff are they going to find on there when they go check it out i appreciate it so uh we have 23 departments and we have a one of them is a charity so 22 departments and a charity everything you need to know about us is on there there's online courses on there there's coaching for podcasters there's coaching for business owners there's coaching for mindset there's a group coaching program we're doing our 13th group starting on january 2nd um there's speeches there's trainings there's a bunch of tabs there's a monthly meetup we do for free there's a book club that i do every week for free so Everything's on there. Um, you'll see a whole bunch of stuff. Just do some exploring, see what's a good fit, and that's it. Absolutely. So that's Next Level Universe. Uh, nextleveluniverse.com. Uh, go there, check them out. Uh, amazing website, amazing things that you guys are doing. Once again, Alan Lazarus, uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it, and thank you for taking your craft so seriously. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, thank you, sir. Of course.